it's really up to you what you want to get out of it and, and where you want to go. If you're wanting to progress or if you're wanting to be better at what you're currently doing, which is great. There's nothing wrong with being better at what you're currently doing. You get the tools for that as well. Hello and welcome to this episode of Tinker Talks, the audio format podcast that deals with everything inside the fence of Tinker Air Force Base. I am April McDonald, your host for today's episode, and I am joined by Wakita Oliver, who is the manager of the Employee Enhancement Program here at Tinker, and Josh Butler, who works in the 421st Supply Chain Management Squadron, and he actually graduated from the EEP program last year. So thank you both for being here. Welcome to Tinker Talks. Thank you for the invite. Appreciate it. Yeah, very much appreciate it. I uh, look forward to talking to you this morning. Thanks. So we'll just start with you, Wakita. Um, tell us what the Employee Enhancement Program is. Okay, so EEP um, is a self-nominated professional development program that is offered out here at Tinker Air Force Base. And one of the great things about EEP and what it has to offer is it helps you to have a better understanding of the structure, missions, products, services that are out here, um, business processes, and some of the major challenges of the different organizations and how each organization integrates into the overall mission here at Tinker. Um, what I try to do is help you to um, give you some tools to help you manage conflict resolution. I'm sure we all experience that from time to time. Um, it helps you to identify your own personality types. So we do some MBTI, um, some Myers-Briggs, we do true, true Colors, and to understand how personality types um, are, the different personality types within your work center, within your own teams, and how to improve performance over your organization. Um, helps you to also manage personal stress because I'm sure I'm not the only one that experienced stress, <laughs> uh, especially during a pandemic. So uh, it kind of helps to have, you know, some type of management of personal stress. And um, we also go over some um, how to perform during interviews, how to prepare for interviews. Um, the program consists of briefings, tours, workshops, team building, um, service uh, projects as far as personal and um personal and, and personal development uh, skills and leadership. Uh, and it is a 12-month commitment. And um, that over that 12 months, uh, participants meet one to two days a month. Um, and so um, these consist of eight-hour days. So it is a commitment, but it's just one to two days a month. Right, right. So how does EEP benefit a person's career progression? So that's a, a very interesting question that I, <laughs> I get a lot. And I always like to caveat with EEP, um, it's not just a program for someone who's wanting to be a supervisor, because I do get that a lot. People will say, well, I would love to possibly apply, but I'm not looking to be a supervisor. I don't want to be a supervisor. Okay, that's fine. EEP is not a program that helps you become one. If while in the program you decide that, hey, maybe supervision is for me, you get the tools um, as far as meeting people who are already in those positions to ask them questions to see. Um, it's funny, some people want to be SESs. They want to be that top. Then you sit in, down and you talk to an SES and you realize some of the sacrifices that have to be made and you're like, oh, maybe that's not really what I want. Right. So um, what I try to do is give you um, opportunities to 
um, have conversations with people. So mostly the program helps people see how they personally tie to the mission. And for me, that helps you with your career progression. If I don't know how I tie to the mission, what good is it to go out to see where can I go to next? Right. You haven't even figured out how you tie <laughs> to the mission where you currently are. Right. So we try to do that. Um, a word that I'm not too fond of, <laughs> Josh, Josh knows this, networking. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of the word networking. However, it is big. It's a big word in EEP because you're surrounded by 25 people in your group, 75 people total who are from all across the space. So you get the opportunity to build those relationships, um, talk to other people. Maybe you've always wanted to be an equipment specialist. Now you have an equipment specialist in your group. Now you can talk to that person and say, hey, what did you have on your resume? What is it like to be an equipment specialist? What do I need to prepare for? Those type of things. Um, You have the opportunity to see the base, and um, most do not get that opportunity. So um, like previously stated, there are tours that are involved in EEP. We see a little bit of everything out here. So with that ability, you have that chance to talk to someone, a hiring manager, supervisor, someone, a a team lead that's in that area to where they can tell you how you need to prepare. Um, it's it's to me it's better than just looking on USA Jobs and looking at the KSAs and saying okay well this is what I need to do. Someone saying okay I get that, but how do you relate what you currently are doing so that you can write your resume exactly. appropriately to say I can do this job. Right. So that's important. Um, but for me the most important thing when people ask well what can I get out of EEP or how does it help me, I tell everyone this: what you put into it is what you get out of it. If you just see it as one to two days a month that I get to get off, you know, my off the floor, <laughs> out of the work center to hang out with some of my buddies, then that's all it's going to be. Right. Um, anybody that knows the program knows me. I push you. <laughs> I push you a lot, uh, especially if you tell me where you're headed and what you would like, where you'd like to see yourself. And um, I give you I try to give you the opportunity to be in front of people where you can ask the questions that you want to ask and find out more information if necessary. So um, as far as career progression, you're put in front of senior leaders. We have a senior leader panel um, that where it's a very candid, transparent panel where you can ask questions of your leaders and get the answers that you need. When we have our briefings that are very vital, you're one-on-one in a room with those who are making the decisions as far as hiring, those who are over these organizations. So um, it's really up to you what you want to get out of it and and where you want to go. If you're wanting to progress or if you're wanting to be better at what you're currently doing, which is great. There's nothing wrong with being better at what you're currently (laughs) doing. You get the tools for that as well. So what types of activities do the participants do throughout the year? I know you mentioned the tours, you mentioned sitting down with senior leaders, things like that. But are there other activities within the groups that they do? So the first thing that um, the participants do participate in is a mandatory orientation. So that's what I call like my mini boot camp. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So they attend um, orientation for the first week. A lot of them are meeting each other for the first time. Um, and this is where I like to see the, I've put all the ingredients. I've, I've got, you know, my vegetables, all the vegetables I need, what kind of meat I'm cooking, my seasoning. I got all that. So I put it all together for that week. And um, they, it's actually interesting to watch them build bonds by that Friday 
you know, they're picking out their group name, they're designing T-shirts, and it's like, um, they're like, where are we going to go for lunch? And I think back to that Monday when they're looking at each other, like, who is this person? And by the end of the week, it's like, okay, we're besties. So anybody that's ever taken True Colors, I'm a very blue person, so that just warms my heart when I see them do that. But that is a mandatory um, event for them to attend. Um, So throughout that week, it starts off small with just introducing yourself, and by the end of the week, you're getting up and you're briefing. So for some who are not as... um, extroverted as I may be. (laughs) It is kind of nerve wracking to get in front of your peers. But usually by the end of the year, when I ask like, what was your one of your favorite events? A lot of them do say, well, I appreciate that because now I'm giving briefings. Now I'm doing walk the walls. And so as scared as they are that first week, you know, we try to get it, build them up that. So that mandatory first week, like you stated, the um, briefings, the tours, each group is highly encouraged to um, have a service project. So I encourage each group to find something within the community that they can do together. Um, And my only rule is that whatever you decide to do, you let me know so that I can participate as well. Um, And so I love love it. I love being able to go out and um, whether it's our community here at Tinker or our community outside the gate, Mm -hmm. um, I push it and um, I know it's it's a time constraint you know for some people like okay but I also try to encourage people to pick things where they can bring their kids because that's important as well and uh, another thing that that they do is they um, design a legacy gift so this legacy gift kind of like um, airman leadership school where they leave something that graduating class leaves something um, so does each graduating class from EEP they leave a little something and so located over in building one so my hope is that one day Uh, However long I do EEP or whatever happens, I would like to be able to walk this wall of nothing but EEP grads and the the legacy that they left at Tinker. So they do that. Um, And a lot of it is the camaraderie that they build that might not even take place at Tinker. It might be, hey, everybody, let's go to lunch. Um, People don't realize a lot happens in a year. And a lot happens in a year with COVID. And so um, we've been able to celebrate marriages, births. um, But sadly, there's also been times where you needed your team because you've lost a loved one, because you've had a a marriage has ended. And so people think, oh, it's just work, work, work. But you don't realize that in that year you build a bond to where, oh, my gosh, we're graduating. Why do we have to end it here? I want to keep that bond. I want to keep that connection. Plus, they get like a little booklet. It's like a yearbook. Some of them tease me about it, but it's a yearbook with their picture (laughs) and where they work. So that way, once you leave, you can refer back to and say, hey, so-and-so works in supply chain. I have a supply chain question. I can contact my EEP grad and we can talk about it. So um, it's a lot of professional development, but it's a lot of personal development. I always say that if you are not okay yourself on the inside, how can you cross this gate or do any work for Tinker Air Force Base if you're not okay yourself. So how do we help build you personally so that we can get you to where you need to be professionally? That's awesome. I didn't realize that all of that went into this program. I've seen the program advertised forever, but um, I didn't realize that it, it builds you both ways, personally and professionally. That's really cool. Thank you. So Josh, um, tell us about your experience in the program. 
Well, as you, you listen to Wakita, you hear the passion in her voice and you understand how much she cares about this program. Like it, it is her baby. I may be her favorite child, but this is the child she spent the most time on. So the, 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 the program is everything she says it is, and, and it's more. The bonding is actually more than what she can even really explain because just in my small group, uh, we dealt with multiple births, multiple deaths, uh, other tragedies. We got to celebrate with people. Like I, I uh, finished my master's degree during the program, and I didn't really make a big deal about it. But I showed up for the next EEP event, and Wakita grabbed me as soon as I walked in. She was like, uh, "Congratulations, right? I mean, were you gonna tell me?" So uh, she actually like really uh, is really passionate about not just the program but the people, uh-huh. and uh, and seeing you do well. And then uh, so through the course of the program, I started out. I was on the floor of well, the flight line uh, as a avionics technician in B fifty twos. And just feeling like this is it. This is kind of like the pinnacle of what I'm going to be able to do. i got to get the school done, see what happens. And through the course of the program, in fact, even on the first day, I realized like, hey, I know you kind of, but I know that you know him and you know him. And, and so there's a lot of links that you don't realize as big as Tinker is. It's also a really small world at the same right. time. And so the the small bond you make there extend out and extend out and you grow your web. And like Wakita said, she doesn't like the word networking, <laughs> but that that's what we do in life, right? We right. have to build some sort of community, whether it's professionally or personally, and you get a lot of extra opportunities. The thing that she didn't bring up was each group's assigned a mentor. And so for, for me, it was Jacob O'Connor in the, the AFS, AFSC uh, IG's office. And I told Wakita and Doug early on in the program, like I was nervous about that. Because as a maintenance individual, <laughs> QA and IG are buzzwords for like run away because somebody's about to get popped. Like they're, right. they're trying to bust you, right? Yeah. And so uh, getting to meet Jake and it turns out Jake and I have a lot of stuff in common. Mm-hmm. He's actually just a regular dude in a really cool position. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he has the sort of connections that were able to help me get to where I'm at and find out things. I never in my entire life would have thought I'd be interested in contracting. But I stopped by to see Jake one day while we're waiting for a tour. As he and I are talking, he's like, come here, I want you to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it was a woman who works in his office who happens to work in contracting. I was like, oh, I'd be really good at that. <laughs> and it's never something I would have thought of because I was like, it's like boring nerd stuff. Which right. Don't tell anybody, but I do boring nerd stuff too. <laughs> I try to like come off as like super cool guy or whatever. But um, so the, there's, there's so many opportunities. And even in the first week, you start to realize as the layers are peeled back how much you don't know that you don't know. Mm-hmm. Like the hazardous waste program on base, I didn't know where it was. I didn't know what all they handled or, or the level to which they handled things. Yeah. And it's literally across from where we're meeting for EEP, and I didn't know that that's what that facility was. Uh, unfortunately, I had to miss the, uh, the the tower tour, but that's another cool thing. Like most people on base are never going to get to go up to the flight control tower. Right. And that's that's part of the program. Like sign up for that. Yes, get the- definitely. <laughs> but uh, and the other thing is the first time I applied was I think two years after I started here. And so I think I was just under the minimum requirement yeah. at the time. And so I, I didn't, I, I couldn't get in. And so I just wrote it off and wrote it off. It's like, well, that's, you know, they didn't take me the first time. They don't want me, whatever. Right. <laughs> then somebody just happened to bring it up. And it was my supervisor in B-52s. And he's like, I think this would be a good program. It's like, all right. So I emailed Wakita. I'm like, am I wasting my time here? She was like, you need to apply. <laughs> okay, we'll see what happens. And I got in. I was like, oh, my God, how? <laughs> Me? <laughs> and that, that feeling actually carried over into the first week of orientation because I get in. I'm like, oh, you already have a master's. You're a GS-11. You're a GS-12. I, I'm a WG-13. So like, there's me and Kevin, my boy KB, who's a sheet metal guy. And we're both like, why are we in here with all these GSs? And it was yeah. kind of that. 
like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome kind of thing. Like, I'm not really supposed to be here. Someone made a mistake. <laughs> but as you go through, you realize like, oh, these are just folks too. Like mm-hmm. they're just people. They just are at a different point, a different step using a different set of skills. Right. And over the course of the program, you start to learn how to apply the skills you've already developed and already built and how you can apply those to move forward. And so now I'm a supply planner, uh, formerly known as item managers in uh, 421st. And a lot of this stuff that I learned through the course of the program and from being in maintenance is actually very applicable to what I do. And so it helps me understand better, like when we're looking through condition codes, well, I know them because I tagged parts. <laughs> right. And you don't think you're developing that skill while you're out on the floor, but you are. But you are. And there are ways to learn to apply those over time. And so the, uh, the, the camaraderie, the learning more about yourself, uh, the learning uh, how broad the horizon really is, we, we tend to get, you know, into our little tunnel and all we can see is our tunnel. We don't realize there's a whole city outside of the tunnel, above the tunnel right. that's waiting for us right. and waiting for us to go and discover it. Yeah. this I think a lot of us here on base just get in our own little area and we mm-hmm. go to work and then we go home and then we go to work and we go, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't see how vast this place really is and how amazing it is out mm-hmm. here. So I, I think this program is great teaching people that, you know, there's more than just your little cubicle in whatever building you're in. Definitely. So. And I, and I love the part that, um, Josh stated about, you know, the first week I'm very big because I came from the maintenance floor. Uh, when I first started out here at Tinker, I was a sheet metal mechanic. And so someone who never knew anything about sheet metal, didn't even know what sheet metal was. Um, I guess we needed mechanics really bad if y'all hired me, but thank you. It worked out. (laughs) But um, I make it a point to try to, to try to make sure that it's leveled out as far as how many wage grade we bring in Mm -hmm. and how many GS level we bring in. Because um, if anybody that has been in the program, they know I'll get people to say, oh, I'm just Mm -hmm. a sheet metal mechanic. I'm just this and I'm just and I'm like you're not just anything right. I stop them quick and I'm like no 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 because I'll get people to say well I mean I'm wage grade and then they'll say exactly what Josh said I come in here and there's GS's they've got their master's degree they're they're GS 12s okay I'm a wage grade whatever why am I here same reason they're here mm-hmm. and guess what you're, all, you're gonna be treated the exact same way mm-hmm. <laughs> there's right. gonna be no difference and I'm going to learn from you, they're going to learn from you, and you're going to learn from them. Yeah. Nobody, there's there's no just, no one's greater than the other. Um, oh, I don't have a degree. Okay. Do you want one? Let me help you get the tools yep. to where you can get one. Exactly. If you don't want one, that's okay. I have a master's degree, and I'm extremely proud of that. Extremely proud of that. But I am no better than anyone that walked in with a high school diploma. Nope. Right. And that is, I'm very picky about that regarding the program. Um, no matter how you come in, you all are going to graduate. You start together, you end together. And that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a thing for me <laughs> with EEP. So definitely. So he that's, touched on that and I appreciate that. That's, that's awesome. And one of the shocking uh, to me as far as like blowing off my own expectations is, you know, I talk about going in that first week and I'm like, man, I'm out here like, sweating to death on the airplane and you're up with your feet on the deck. I don't know what a GS does. I just assume you're know, like, like chilling, right? drinking tea, watching Netflix. Exactly. Um, and then so I go in and like Wakita said, we can help each other. I know things 
that can help a GS do their job better, find resources better, just because I like to poke and prod and, and just let me go all the way through a website. Even if I don't read it, uh-huh. I know where to find the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so within the first you know a couple of weeks, I got GS12s asking me, like, hey, how, how do you do this? How do you find this? I'm like, hold on, Mr. Like, hi, I'm Mighty. <laughs> you, like, you should know how to do that, right? But that's, that's the, the give and take. And so I think Wakita is very uh, careful and thoughtful in how she picks people and that she understands when she, you go through the interview process or when she reads the written interviews that we had to do. She can tell somebody who's with it, somebody who cares, somebody who's passionate about not just, you know, this is about me. Like, how do I get up there? But how am I going to take what I learn in EEP and I take it back to my work center? I take it back to my small network and I expand their possibilities and their horizons. Even if they're too terrified or they don't get into EEP the first time, they still get those benefits because we organically just take it back wherever we go. Right, right. So what was your favorite part of EEP, Josh? Wakita. Like <laughs> of course. Like it could have just been me and your Wakita in the room for your six weeks. In the mail. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think, uh, I, I think just the, the, the broadening of my understanding of my own possibilities, but then also uh, learning how intricate the web really is and not just the people, but the mission, right? Right. And so I worked on the flight line in B-52s and I didn't know anyone in 421st. But they're the ones who handle all the engine parts mm-hmm. for the TF-33 engine, which goes on the B-52. Mm-hmm. Well, through that process, I learned that the lady that cuts my hair, her <laughs> husband used to work on the B-52. A couple guys in the shop were, that uh, I worked with were active duty in B-52. And so now you start to get all these little pieces together. And it turns out, oh, my, one of my son's basketball coaches, oh, he's actually an engineer for the software for the TF-33 engine. And so then start talking to him a little bit. We'll find out this guy who also gets his haircut where I do. And I'm talking to him. He's on the TF-33 line. So there's like five points of contact to the TF-33. I have no plan at all to go into propulsion, to have anything to do with engines, because I don't know engines. I know electricity. I know avionics. I know computers. And now here I am, engine guy. (laughs) So it's, uh, you know, learning to kind of – Narrow your focus when you need to, but expand that focus uh, to try to understand what else is possible. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing. And then you really learn about yourself in the program. Uh, Wakita is very blue. So that means she's, <laughs> she's a very happy, cheer with you, hug you, cry with you. I'm more analytical. <laughs> and the other thing is, is people around you think that you're a certain way. They're, you're a certain color when we do the colors. Wakita was sure I was going to be orange. <laughs> Because I'm like the class clown, the loud mm-hmm. mouth, the mm-hmm. borderline inappropriate time guy. <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, you're orange. You're the life of the party guy. Turns out I'm actually green. Mm-hmm. Oh. My, I'm an internal extrovert. I know how and when to turn it on and be orange. Uh-huh. But if it was me, just, just me and no one else around, I'm as green as the grass. <laughs> and so uh, when you get into the EEP program, you, you'll learn all of that. And it's stuff you can research on your own, so you mm-hmm. have some familiarization. If you don't get in the program this time, or you just want to learn a little bit about yourself, like she said, MBTI is great. True Colors is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it helps you learn that the people you work with, just because you do the same job, doesn't mean you're the same color and you don't approach everything the same right, way. Right, right. We all learn differently and we all work differently. Yes. Mm-hmm. We did a True Colors class in our office, and that was really a lot of fun learning how everybody was. And I'm very blue, too, so I can relate. <laughs> I appreciate that. And it helps me to know the group because uh-huh. then I find out. Because, you know, I can kind of 
guess or kind of make my own little assumptions. But then once I find out what they are, then I'm like, oh, it makes sense. So when I send you an email and I'm like, good morning, how was your weekend? How are the kids? And you're like, so I'm not going to be at class on Tuesday. I'm like, okay, straight to the point. So I know who I'm dealing with instead of thinking, (laughs) oh, wow, this person's really rude. And like, I don't know if we're ever going to build a relationship. Now I know that when I speak to you, all the fluffies you're not really into, Mm -hmm. just get to what you're emailing me about. And I can respect that. But now I know that. So even though it's for them, it's also for me (laughs) so that I know how to properly, we all learn in different ways. We all communicate in different ways. So it helps me to realize how everyone communicates. Right, right. How do you divide your class of 75 into (laughs) groups? I mean, do you just draw names? Do you throw darts? Do you... I channel my ancestors is what it feels like. Red Rover, Red Rover. (laughs) So um, it's a lot. It takes me about two two months to really to divide everybody up because I don't want too many people or too many. This is like the only time I look at a demographic, males and females. So Mm -hmm. I don't want an all-guy group. Because I'm not going to get to talk ever. And they're not going to listen to me. They're not going to understand what I have to say. And I'm too blue. So I need some women in there to right. maybe blue for me. So um, I, that's the only time where I'm trying to divide it up and say, okay, can we? Can I get around about the same? After that, it's um, organization. So I'm looking at where are you located at. I don't want five ESs or I don't want, you know, somebody, you know, five people from Airbase Wing complex they're our biggest players so um ocalc i mean i'm gonna get a a bunch of those but since ocalc is so big it's i can pick from different areas and have them so i look at that then um what's crazy is i go back and look at your resume and i if i if i was able to do interviews i make little notes of how you responded eye contact I, i write down um different little things that i pick up this person may be a little bit more introverted so I don't want to have a whole bunch of introverts in the class <laughs> because I'm going to ask questions. They're going to be looking at me like, none of us are going to respond to you. Uh-huh. You understand that, right? But we'll wait to after class and catch you on your way to your office. Right. And like, can't do that. And then I don't want a whole bunch of extroverts because all we're going to do is talk about life and we're not going to get anything accomplished. So there's little tricks that I have that to try to help me. And I may contact supervisors. I may contact that person and just ask a random question. And how they respond to that random question, I may be like, okay. You probably should be in this group. So there's a lot. I probably put way too much into it. But um, but then when I see the groups mesh, all of that two months, it makes sense. And so I feel like the will is, is working. I'm not going to re- remake it. So. Yeah. Wow. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I know you covered this earlier, but um, tell us again who is eligible to apply. Oh, gosh, I wish everyone. But we have to have rules. <laughs> so um, GS9 through GS12, and it's just the equivalent when you're dealing with ACT Demo. Uh, there's certain things that I'm looking at. Um, WG8 through WS14. So that also includes work leaders and um, supervisors uh, for 09. Um the one thing that is big is the three years of civil service. So you have to have three years of civil service by one October. So let's just say I would not like that a call will begin January 24th. Okay. The program will officially begin October 3rd is when the first orientation week. Let's just say when I apply, 
I'm at two years, but I'll be at three years in July. You can still apply because by October 1, you'll be at your three years. The one thing that I get a lot every single year, it never fails. Well, I'm scheduled to be at my GS9 by this time. Anything can happen Mm -hmm. and you might not get it or you might transfer or whatever. So I understand where you're targeted, but if that doesn't happen in that time, or if it's not, like if you're not a GS9 when you apply, then you're taken out. Um, Temporary employees, NAF employees, you you can be career conditional because we all are at three right before you hit, but um, if you're um, a pathway, um, if you're an intern, Okay. And the only reason for people that will be listening, and it's very important, is the funding because this is a um, unit funded. And so for those who are um, interns, the funding comes from a different resource and mm-hmm. I can't get the money from that resource. And that's the only reason why. Okay. All right. So I know you just said the data call is coming up. How does a person apply and what is the deadline? So the data call, um, COVID has taught me a lot. It taught me to extend it. So it's from um, January 24th until March 25th. I'm trying to allot for anything that could happen, <laughs> computer failure, <laughs> sickness, <laughs> anything, to where people are like, I couldn't get it in. You should be able to get it in in two months. Right. Um, so the 18th, um, the official email will go out through workflows. Um, it'll be out on the marquee. Um I am hoping that and praying that PA will assist me on getting some things out on Facebook and uh, the uh, tinkeraf.mil website as well, um, and so that you can go out there. But when I send out the workflow email, um, it will also have, for the first time, it'll have the forms attached. Um, there's also a website that it'll say it on there where you can go to as well, but um, trial and error, I'm trying to make it easy as possible I'm going to send out the forms as well with the instructions with a PowerPoint gonna attach this lovely podcast out there too so people can listen and get that information as well Um, and my contact information I am the only Wakita Oliver in the DOD so I am very easy to find Um, but they can always contact me and say hey I didn't get that form it didn't pull up or Um, the information. But I will definitely say that it is very, very vital to read the instructions. Um, A lot of the errors that I see is that, oh, this is so simple, and they just do their own thing. Mm -hmm. And no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) As blue as I am, the this is where the 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 gold comes out. (laughs) (laughs) I I like the detail. And so I'll be honest, if you can't follow this, how am I going to get you in a program for a whole year? Right. You know, and so um, I try to make it as easy as, as possible, but the forms will be available and like stated, um, hopefully on the um, tinker.af.mil, um, I guess we're discussing under resources, there will be an area for um, the EEP document so that people can apply as well. All right. I think we've covered just about everything. Is there anything else either one of you would like to add about the program? Yeah, I feel that it's uh, it's been a, a violation of my duty, and I've been remiss that I didn't say hello to all the mighty ducks and to snake eyes and to no other groups. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, those are my guys. Uh, it was really, so it was different this year because normally we have just the three groups, but because of COVID, we had to split each group into subgroups. And so group oh. one and two should have been group one. And so for the first week, we didn't get to spend as much time together as a normal group would. And so we actually uh, turned that in sort of like a fun little inviting brother and sister type thing. And so that actually helped us to get to know each other, even though we're on a different side of the wall and not going to lunch altogether every right. time. And uh, wow. so it was a uh, it was a little extra work on our part to get to know uh, those folks. And looking back at how balanced our group was internally, you know, I can't explain all of their dynamics. You understand how having us all together would have increased that di- dynamic even mm-hmm. more. So, um, yeah, the the big groups is definitely the way to go. But we're in different times now, and so right. it's understandable we had to do things a little differently. I can't imagine the challenge you had trying to get it all done while we're all socially distanced <laughs> and teleworking, and yeah. you know. I normally have three groups that year. I had six groups. Wow. So that was, um, <laughs> yeah, that was a little challenging. Um, but we're back to where we're able to have, um, just, you know, of course, just taking all the precautions that we possibly can. Um, I get questioned a lot. How are you able to still do EEP during COVID? Um, it never stopped. And I'm going as much as I possibly can to make sure that it doesn't because for half of EEP, they were teleworking. So I would say, well, I don't. Do you all feel com- Yes. I couldn't even finish <laughs> it. They would be like, we're, we'll be there. And I'm like, because, you know, everybody's at home mm-hmm. and they miss seeing each other. And they were like, this yeah. is the only time I have to even to do orientation this, pla- this past October. People were telling me I've been at home for like almost a year and a half. I had to go shopping, but I'm so excited to be here because I get to see people for a whole week. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's amazing. So uh, we try to make it work. Um, the only last thing I have to say is apply. OK, you don't know unless you apply and also do not go off of someone who has tried six times and hasn't gotten in. (laughs) Um, Their situation may be different. Um, Apply. And one thing about it, I'm extremely transparent. If you don't get in, you know why you don't get in. Um, I send an email. I'll tell you if you need want to meet with me. I give you everything that I have that I've written on your resume, your interview packet. I give it all back to you. Um, because how are you ever going to get better? Exactly. You won't. And right. so I have nothing to hide because I want the best. I want the best in the program and I want the best for Tinker. Mm-hmm. So because of that, um, I'm going to try my best to help you. So um, apply. If you by chance don't get in, come to me. And if you do get in, welcome to the team. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it for this episode of Tinker Talks. So thank you all for listening and be sure and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Tinker Air Force Base and on Twitter at team underscore Tinker. We also have the website that Waukita has mentioned a couple times, tinker.af.mil. And this EEP information will be there under the resources tab. So check us out there also. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.